0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you had a great weekend. Looking forward to uh, spending some time this week in the book of Mark, obviously. I've got a brand new postcard today from Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, from our good friend Linda Haynes. I've known Linda for for many years and really appreciate you, Linda, and your faithfulness to the Lord and just to uh, studying the Bible. I didn't know this. Fort Wayne, Indiana is where three rivers meet. And Linda, I happen to know something about you. You were raised in Pittsburgh, and that's where Three Rivers meets as well. So appreciate the card from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Appreciate more of the fact that you listen and what an encouragement you are. We are in Mark chapter 5. I left you—well, kind of left this lady in a really bad situation the other day. And I want to talk about how the Lord helped her. So remember, Jesus is now back on the shore— of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, he No sooner has he arrived, but the ruler of the synagogue, a man by the name of Jairus, has rushed to Jesus, has told Jesus just this incredibly uh, urgent story about his daughter, his 12-year-old daughter, who is just sick and at the point of death. But if Jesus would just come right now, then this man believes with all of his heart that uh, the daughter's situation will be radically changed, uh, she'll be transformed, uh, she'll be healed, and so let's go. So that's what's going on. But in the middle of the journey from the seaside to the house of Jairus, the crowds are gathering, the throng is upon them, uh, it's going at a crawl, the, 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 the pace of travel, and no doubt the man is becoming increasingly more... Agitated, and then uh the, the the worst thing happens, Jesus just stops. Why? Because this woman shows up who has had this problem with uncleanness for 12 years. She's really supposed to stay away from people. She's not supposed to get within touching distance of anybody, and yet where is she? She's right in the middle of a crowd. I mean, she's probably being being pressed up against people even as as this is happening. And then she does the unthinkable thing. She reaches out and touches the Lord, risking ceremonially un- a ceremonial uncleanness for everybody she's touching, especially the Lord. She must be desperate too. So really, what, what do we find? We find two desperate people. We find the desperation of this man for his daughter, and we find this desperation of this woman for this 12-year issue uh, that she's been dealing with. Look, if you would, at verse number 27. So Mark 5 and verse number 27. So when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press. So the press is the, the, the crowd behind and touched his garment. So I even think that's an amazing statement. She came in the press behind and touched his garment. So think about it. Just even to get within proximity of Jesus must have taken some jostling. Must have taken a little bit of elbowing, but she just did whatever she could to get right there to a place where she could reach out and and physically touch the Lord. Now, she doesn't reach for his arm or for his shoulder or for his face or his head. The Bible says she touches the hem of his garment, and I find that very interesting because uh, the, 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 the garment was very special, especially the garment of a rabbi. And one, to show deference, one would grab the tassel on the edge of the garment, either on the sleeve or even on the the bottom, the skirting of the robe. Remember in Numbers chapter 15, when the children of Israel had refused to go in the promised land, God had had punished them for their lack of faith. They were now consigned to wander for uh, those 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, But God also encouraged his people. At that time, and one of the ways by which God encouraged them was to say, I want you to sew a ribbon of blue in the borders of your garment. And that ribbon of blue will be a reminder to yourself and to those that see it. It's in a conspicuous place on the edges of your garment. It'll remind people that you belong to me and that you are my holy people. And it'll be for you just a daily reminder of of your commitment to me and mine to you. So, boy, there's a lot going on here, even symbolically, as this woman is reaching out for the hem of the garment of Jesus. Uh, I think about the story of David when David cut off that little hem of Saul's garment. And uh, perhaps the tassel itself was representative of Saul's kingly authority, almost to say that David... Uh, by implication was saying, I could have taken your, I could have taken your life. I could have wrested away from you, your position, but I did not. I did not lay my hand on the Lord's anointed. So I think there's a lot going on here, but the point is this woman is expressing faith. That's the point, And that's the point that Jesus is going to make. She's desperate. She's gone to every doctor. She's gone to every specialist. She has gone to every clinic. She spent every dollar or every shekel, I should say. And now she is just ready to go to the Lord and cast it all upon him. And Watch what happens in verse number 28. Uh, Here was her rationale. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. So not only does this man, Jairus, Have tremendous faith in the Lord, but this woman also has great faith. Boy, if I can just reach out and touch him, I know that I will be healed. Now, think about that. She has received rejection after rejection after rejection for 12 years, and yet her faith in Christ is vibrant, and she just knows that if I touch the hem of his garment, uh, I will be healed. That takes a tremendous amount of faith for someone who has been disappointed so consistently for so many years. And let me just say this, you know, Jesus is the end of your disappointment. You know, you may have tried other things. Uh, you admit may have been disappointed by other people, even the people that you thought were the best equipped to help you. I'm telling you, Jesus is the end of your disappointment. He was for her. And watch, if you would, verse number 29. And straightway, that's a key word here in the book of Mark. Things happen immediately. Things happen. Uh, it's a book of action, is it not? And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. The, this problem she had, this bleeding problem, this persistent bleeding problem that caused this uncleanness that was so chronic for the, all these many years, immediately it stopped. Uh, the blood, it dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. I love that. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She knew immediately that that touch from the Lord had healed her. Now, so far, nobody knows. Now, Jesus knows, obviously, but nobody else knows. The crowd doesn't know. Everybody's there for his own reason, for his own purpose, for his own healing. Uh, That man is there, Jairus, wanting to prod Jesus forward. And yet, in the middle of all the maelstrom, in the middle of all the hubbub of that day, this woman knew Jesus has changed my life. And I love how the Bible emphasizes this one little story about this woman that otherwise would have been unknown, would have remained unknown. Had not Jesus called attention to her after the fact, none of us would know. And I think that's true uh, of much ministry in our local churches, even as we endeavor to be faithful to the Lord day by day. So much of what happens, you know, we, we're never even aware of, you know, that, that the people were w- would have been unaware of w- how this woman would have been helped or, or, or what uh, her faith uh, did for her on that day. And I think that's going to be a wonderful thing in heaven one day is to be able to kind of see all of these little stories that otherwise would have gone unnoticed, uh, in which Jesus' power was just evident uh, to make a difference in people's lives. But we do know about this story because God has chosen to include it in His Holy Word. And watch uh, how that unfolds here in verse number 30. And Jesus, the Bible says, immediately knowing in Himself that virtue had gone out of Him, Turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Now, please understand that Jesus never asks a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. Uh, This wasn't a matter of Jesus didn't really know. It's kind of like when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? It wasn't like Peter, Jesus was waiting to find out, you know, does he really love me? I want to know. (laughs) Even Peter said, Lord, you know, all things, you know, I love you. Uh, when God was in the Garden of Eden and said, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that God didn't know where he was. God doesn't ask us questions for his benefit. He asks us questions for our benefit. And here was an opportunity for Jesus to say, hey, virtue has gone out of me. Healing has taken place. Something real has happened here spiritually. It was miraculously, supernaturally. And uh, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It's kind of like a pastor on a Wednesday night or maybe sometimes on a Sunday night saying, hey, listen, who here Who here has a testimony? Who here has a testimony? You know who you are. And she knew who she was. Look at verse uh, number 31. And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? Is it not almost humorous that Jesus asked a question and the question was, who touched me? The only one person knew the answer to that question because one person had touched him for healing. And yet the, the, the disciples were ready to give their answer. Well, what a ridiculous question that is. Everyone's touching you. You're in the middle of a crowd. I mean, people are pressing up against you. What kind of question is that? Now, you would think by now they would know not to challenge the questions of Jesus, You would think by now they would understand that Jesus has a deeper purpose anytime he asks a question, but uh, they're still learning, aren't they? Just like you and I are still learning, and they are just incredulous. Why would he ask such such a question? Everybody is touching you. Verse number 32, and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Uh, I'm going to—if you're not going to talk up, I'm going to look. And verse number 33, but the woman— fearing and trembling, knowing. I love that. She was fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her. She couldn't deny the changed life. She couldn't deny what had legitimately taken place in her. She couldn't keep silent. She was afraid. She was trembling. This was not in character for her in a big crowd to say something, but she could not deny the fact that this was Jesus asking her, who touched me? And so she came, didn't she? Look at verse number 33. And knowing what was done, she came, she fell down before him and told him all the truth. So the Bible has already told us a bit about what she's gone through and how she has spent her money and the doctors that couldn't help her and the 12 years that this is taken. So when the Bible says that she told him all the truth, this is what she's saying. She's telling her story. She's giving her testimony. She's setting that stage. So I don't know how long that took to tell Jesus all the truth, but it took some time. And whatever time this testimony is taking, it's time taken away from The the man, Jairus, who desperately wants Jesus to get moving again. My daughter's sick and time is of the essence and we don't have time for this. And she's already been helped. and We can hear this testimony later on. Let's go. And yet Jesus doesn't seem to have an ounce of hurry in him. It's almost like the message that Jesus received sometime later in Perea when the message came from Martha and Mary, hey, you've got to come. My brother, he's sick. You got to come right now. And remember, unhurried, Jesus delayed and didn't go. Matter of fact, he went after Lazarus had already died. And the disciples said, why are we going now? It's too late. But how many of us have learned, even though it seems like Jesus is tardy, and it seems like things aren't on time. Jesus is never late. He's never in a hurry, and we're finding that right here, aren't we? Real quickly, and we're already out of time. I can't believe how quickly time's going. Verse number 34, and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. And Jesus told her what she already knew, but I think there's much more at play here. It's not just go, thy faith hath made thee whole. I think the connecting point here is your faith in me is valid. I think there's more than just physical heal- healing here. I think the whole reason for calling her, hearing her story, giving her this attention is to show her that her faith in, her trust in Jesus was valid and she could trust him. He was whom he claimed to be. I believe, and I don't know that I could make a definitive case about this, but I believe that this uh, was her salvation experience as well. What a great story. And it's a story that has been repeated millions of times because you have a testimony, and so do I. And what's the same about your testimony and mine is Jesus made the difference. Now, what about this man who wanted Jesus to hurry up Well, we're going to have to wait until tomorrow to talk about what happened with him. So I hope you'll join us. Thanks for joining us today. Looking forward to yet another episode. Uh, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.